Welcome to Media Mavens, a bi-weekly podcast where we discuss our favorite, or not-so-favorite, movies, shows, and games. I'm Pam. I'm Riley. Let's, Let's get, get started. started. Hello, and welcome to Media Mavens. This is episode 17. I am Pam, and with me, as always, is Riley. Hey. How you doing, Riley? Pretty good. Pretty good. That's good. So, this week has been a little bit upsetting, and we thought we'd take (laughs) a much-needed break from that and talk a little bit about Mass Effect and banging aliens. And with us for that conversation is Sean, also known as P1 of the Cartridge Bros. Welcome. Hi there. Thanks uh, Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, I'm excited to talk some Mass Effect with you. It's, uh, it's one of my favorite franchises, and uh, when as soon as I saw you guys were doing a show on it, I... Uh, I fanboyed out a little bit and definitely <laughs> wanted to get involved. You also had like one thing going for you in that you recognize that the only good shepherd is the femme ship. So. <laughs> uh, I'm confused because you said the only good. So is there another one? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, do you want to tell people a little bit about yourself and what you do? Uh, sure. Um, so I am uh, one of the co-founders of uh, an online community called the Cartridge Club. Um, it's a, just a bunch of gamers that hang out together. We, uh, my brother and I host, uh, two podcasts. One's a weekly sort of update news opinion show. And the other one is, uh, the, a game of the month club. So it's like, uh, every month we pick a game, we invite everybody to play along with us. And then at the end of the month, uh, we choose three guests. Although, you know what? I always say at the end of the month, we choose three guests, but the guests are chosen like three months in advance. Um, <laughs> So we always choose three guests to come on the show with us, and then we review it sort of like a book club. It's like the we're like the Oprah Winfrey of uh, of the internet, I guess. Nice but video games. Not a, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I play games, and I'm in the Navy, and uh, I love Mass Effect. All right, so we will start out to just talk about what we've been up to, what we've been playing and watching in the last uh, week or two. So, do you want to start off, Sean? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so I recently just uh, made the plunge into, um, I don't want to say next gen because I've had a Wii U since launch, and I, I do fully believe that that's part of this generation, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I just picked up an Xbox One S. Um, nice. I wanted to play some, yeah, I wanted to play some online games with a friend of mine. He had an Xbox, so uh, my options were buy him a PlayStation 4 <laughs> or buy myself an Xbox. Uh, so I, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I couldn't afford two PS4s, so uh, I figured I'd go with the one that uh, was only going to cost me a couple hundred bucks. Um, so I started playing Overwatch, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, Blizzard is easily one of my favorite developers, and this game, I don't like first-person shooters, I don't like online-only games, and I don't really like Microsoft all that much. And <laughs> Overwatch, is so, yeah, Overwatch is so good that I completely went against all of that and uh, and picked it up. It's a lot of fun. That's good. Do you have any favorite characters so far to play? Uh, so because I'm not very proficient at first-person shooters, I spend a lot of time with Aimbot76, I believe his name is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've, I've started sort of trying to get a feel for Tracer because I do like her spunk and her attitude. Um, and I, I like that she was initially supposed to be one of the characters in Titan before it got canceled. Mm. So... Uh, yeah, and last night, actually, I played as Mercy for the first time, uh, and I probably did terrible, but I just ran around healing people, and that felt pretty good. Sounds about right. 
Mercy's good. She can pump out a lot of healing. I, it's always good to learn to play a support since a lot of the times people just all want to be DPS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely see that. I see a lot of Reapers floating around, a lot of McCrees, and they look mm-hmm. really cool, but uh, I don't think we need six of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so other than Overwatch, uh, I've been playing uh, the game of the month for this month, which was Parappa the Rapper. I actually beat that um, fairly early in the month and uh, just helped my brother beat it yesterday because he was having a hard time. Mm-hmm. One of us got all the rhythm. One of us got all the uh, the looks. So right. at least I can dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been having issues with Parappa, too. I've only beaten it on easy so far. Yeah, you're not alone. There's, uh, I think everybody has struggled with it uh this month but uh, a lot of people are like i'm not giving up i'm gonna beat this game because normally i don't beat the game of the month um it's sort of a running gag that i'm not that my brother is very good at games and we always say that i'm not um which is probably why i play a lot of turn-based rpgs mm-hmm. um <laughs> but uh yeah so i beat parappa and i think that made a lot of people say like you know what if he can do it i should <laughs> be able to do this <laughs> well it's good that you're inspiring people well, that's right. You know, that's the way I look at it. And it's the first time – we so we've had the show for four years – three years now. We're in our fourth year. It's the first time I've ever beaten a game before my brother. So that felt pretty good. Nice. As far as watching, I've been watching uh, – I don't watch TV. I, I most, most television shows that are on today, I don't have the – they just – I don't like them. They're not I – I find they're not aimed at me. They're not, they're not enjoyable to me. But mm-hmm. – uh, Deadwood was my favorite TV show for the longest time, um, which is a, an HBO Western show. It's like 15 years old now. So I started watching Westworld, which is also a sort of Western show. It's a futuristic Western show. And I've really been enjoying that. Um, it's uh, my my wife who was watching with me has has lost interest. So now I'll have to sneak my viewing time when I'm alone. I've heard mixed opinions on that show. Yeah. Uh, I like it because I like the Western um, aesthetic and I really enjoy a lot of the actors that are in it um so that's why i'm really into it and like i said it's the only show i watch so it's not like i have to weigh it against something else like do i watch this that i'm sort of lukewarm on or do i watch this that i love Mm -hmm. it's the only thing i watch so it's do i watch this or do i nap (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that's uh that's it for me all right uh riley what have you been up to i've been playing a lot of overwatch lately Mm -hmm. uh and i finally finished my 10 uh, placement matches for competitive, and I ended up in platinum with 2,700 ranking, and I was very surprised. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a really good ranking. Yeah, I felt pretty good looking at my friends list and being like, I'm on the top. (laughs) (laughs) I know, whenever I pop into your stream, I'm like, wow, Riley's really good at shooting things. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was really excited. So, are you uh, are you going to try out for the, uh, the the Blizzard Combine to get on the over, in the Overwatch League oh. that they announced at BlizzCon? Um, I mean, I've been thinking about it. Um, I mean, like I'm sure that there will be a Toronto based team or like a GTA sort of uh, for anybody <laughs> that's not from the Toronto area. That's Greater Toronto area. I guess that wouldn't make sense to a lot of people. But yeah, I uh, I don't know. Maybe I think it would be kind of cool. I think. I think that would be great. I think uh, I think you definitely should, especially if you're good at it. It's, and it sounds like you are, uh, even if it's a surprise to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the like one of the good things about it was like a lot of people would pick 
like the DPS and the tanks would kind of lock in first, and I'd be like, all right, well, I'll just play Lucio because he's like probably one of the easier supports to play, I think. So, uh, made my way up there. Like the only couple times that I lost were when I wasn't playing Lucio, and then for some reason it like it ranked somebody doing their placements um, and put put me with people who were like diamond and platinum um and of course like i lost because i had i was like <laughs> i don't know what i'm doing and i'm like already nervous doing my competitive matches and then being against and with people of that rank i was like i can't I've <laughs> i was like i don't know what's going on so <laughs> yeah uh, i mean at this point there's probably not a whole lot of unranked people no. To put you with or against. Uh, yeah, I think the first, like, five or six games, there were mostly unranked people. And then once I started getting into the last few, it was I was with more people that were already ranked. Um, and a lot of them were in, like, groups of two or three. So I was, like, always the odd person out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really like going on voice chat if I can help it. So I went, I went on voice chat once. Uh, because they were asking me to, and, like, I didn't say anything, I just listened the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the one match where I was the only person doing placements, and they were like, how does this happen? And I was like, I don't know, <laughs> dude, like, I don't like it either. <laughs> but yeah, and then I guess the season ends in, like, what, like, 20 days or something, so I'll have to go through yeah. it all again. <laughs> Yeah, at least you should get a lot of um, a lot of points toward those gold weapons. Yeah, I hope so. I think they even changed like the amounts that you get and how much they're worth now. So, uh, sorry, but just while we're on Overwatch, yeah. uh, Orc Chop had a few questions for us. I thought we'd just throw them in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He asks again, Kiane Sombra, and what do you think of the short? Are you excited to play as her? And can she hack your heart? <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, yeah, so let's, like, let's, like, back up to, to BlizzCon, because I, I was watching, uh, like, at work, secretly, (laughs) trying to be like, I just want to see the opening ceremony and what's gonna happen. I was sure they were gonna do, like, some kind of Sombra's gonna hack the, the stage, and then it's gonna be, like, this really awkward, like, oh, man, it's, what's going on? Um, but thankfully (laughs) it wasn't that awkward, it was, like, they played a, um... Uh, like a video, uh, like looking back at Overwatch's launch, um, and then Sombra hacked that, uh, and I was like, "Finally!" Because <laughs> <laughs> I've been following that stupid um, ARG, the alternate reality game, for so long mm-hmm. that it felt like uh, it was like long overdue um, seeing what she looked like and seeing her short and everything. So uh, she looks awesome. To play, yeah, and like some people were saying, like potentially overpowered, but I think she has a really small health pool, and mm. you can, if you hit her when she's in the invisibility, she like she'll be back again. So I don't know. I'm really? like so excited to play her. Except like the first week or so is going to be like everybody wanting to play her. So yeah, locking into her on quick match, especially now that they're adding the one hero per. Like, the one hero limit in uh, Quick Match. Mm-hmm. It'll be kind of difficult, unless you're playing with a big group and, like, rotate who plays. Yeah. Right. I'm stoked. I think she looks really cool. Um, I was kind of disappointed that it's another 
um, attack character when, yeah. like, what we could really use more of is tanks and support. But I think she looks great, and I thought the short was amazing, although pretty much all of the shorts they've made for the Overwatch characters have been really great. So good. Yeah, that uh, as soon as I started playing, one of the first things I did was uh, go to the, the Overwatch website and their YouTube channel and start watching those videos, and you you really nailed it. Those short videos are incredible. If, if you are even on the fence about this game and you go watch those videos, I had to have it. Uh, it was like... It was so much that I watched those on Sunday. So yeah, Friday night I played it with my friend. Sunday I watched those videos. Monday I bought my Xbox. <laughs> yeah, the videos are great. There's another one. It's uh, it's three videos together, and it's the history of Overwatch, and it's how they how the team at Blizzard got put together, Titan failing, them getting put together, and then uh, the game coming out and stuff in the development. And it is really well done as well. That's um, I haven't seen those ones. Is that Danny O'Dwyer? Yeah. Is that his? Uh, yes, documentary. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's a fun game, and I mean, a lot of the stuff you said was Latin to me. I don't understand uh, what the <laughs> what the rankings are or uh, the positions there yet. But uh, the gold you mentioned the gold weapons. Do those add extra damage, or is it just like no, everything else? Just it's just skin? cosmetic. Yeah, it's just so you can be that's, like, that's, I did so good in competitive. Look at my shiny guns. And that is why this. That's why I mean, I'm sorry, I'm getting really excited. That's why it's <laughs> it's so good, right? Because it's like it doesn't matter if you've been playing it for a week, you've been playing it for a year. You're on the same level. I mean, obviously, you're better skilled. Like, if I went up against you, Riley, you would rip me apart. But I'd be okay with that. Um, Because it's just, it's so well balanced. And Blizzard is just like, you know what? It's not pay to to win. It's not, you know, guys who've been playing for a year and a half. No one can can get into it new. Because that, you shut off such a, so many potential uh, people. If you, if you make a difficulty like that, and for them to just say, we're going to give you skins and uh, it's first person. And I can't even see the skins, nope. <laughs> and I'm still fiending for them. Like I'm like, oh my god, I gotta unlock all these skins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um, oh, okay. Sorry. There's <laughs> uh, there's like a lot of really good co- like cosmetic stuff, and then next weekend I think the 19th to the 21st uh, is free to play Overwatch on all platforms. So yeah, that's awesome. You've got people you want to get in. And if or if like if you're undecided yourself, then like pop in and play some games. Um, and like they're adding a bunch of new modes next, hopefully Tuesday. So like there's three v three, one v one, and then like quick play that they have now, where you can pick whatever heroes you want, um, and like stack heroes and stuff. That's going to be like a custom mode. And then uh, there's like all new ways to learn earn loot boxes and. Trying to think of what else. There's like a new map. Like there's going to be a bunch of new stuff. So like next weekend, the free weekend is like the perfect time to play it because all of this new shit is coming in. So it's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the one other question Orkchop had was, was which Overwatch voice actor is the cutest? Easy, Lucio's. <laughs> oh my god, uh, Sean, did you see the video of Lucio's voice actor going around talking to all the other voice actors? Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. I really enjoyed that. It so just, they just look like they were having so much fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm going to have to say Lucio is also probably the cutest. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I think May is my favorite. Oh, she, yeah. And then I watched a video yesterday of Tracer and May saying each other's lines. It was like, oh, it was so <laughs> adorable. Oh, they're all cute. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're all great. All right. Sorry. You can get back to what else you can do. <laughs> Away from Overwatch for a second. Um, yes. Let's see. I watched the new show on Netflix called The Crown, which is like 
all about Elizabeth II, uh, Mm -hmm. like the current queen of England right now, Um, still. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It's really, like, it's really neat. I don't know, I don't know, there must be, like, insider historians and stuff to give them all this information. I don't know, like, what's true and what's not, but, like, the things that I've learned is that Prince Philip is a dick. Um, (laughs) Elizabeth is basically the best and, uh, like I find myself like the whole time I was watching the show, I was like going onto like Wikipedia and like (laughs) looking stuff up like, um, like what's true? Like what actually happened? And like going back and forth and watching the show. And yeah, so I really enjoyed that. Um, she like, I guess she became queen like at a super young age. So all of the older, uh, like people around her, like the I guess the parliamentary people and mm-hmm. like all of her advisors, they're pretty much all older dudes. Um, so mm-hmm. she had to kind of like fight to get her voice heard, even though she's the queen. So it was really interesting seeing kind of like the inner workings of like the royal family when like we don't ever get to kind of see that kind of stuff. And then I saw Doctor Strange, which was nice. awesome. <laughs> oh, that's good. I was good. pleasantly surprised. I wasn't sure kind of what it was going to be like but it was it was amazing like kind of unlike any of the other superhero like movies that are out right now and I kind of went into it knowing absolutely nothing about Doctor Strange so mm-hmm. it was kind of kind of neat seeing it from that way but it's like the some of the shots in the movie with like the cities kind of like folding together like we saw it in 3D and like I had to kind of like close my eyes for a second because <laughs> it was a lot to take in all at once. Um mm-hmm. but it was really cool. Like you know, I give Benedict Cumberbatch a lot of shit, <laughs> but he was uh-huh. actually really good. So, yeah. Well, that's good. What is what is Doctor Strange's power? I don't really know anything about him. He it's like magic, isn't it? He's yeah. he's the uh the master of the the not not the material plane, something else. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's just he's a he's a wizard. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, they're like he's like part of a big group of sorcerers or something. Yeah, yeah. and they can huh. like pull magic out of the other dimension or something, and it's like time huh. magic and reality magic, and then there's like magic magic. Like it's yeah, it's really cool. As far as Marvel movies go, uh, I'm a big fan of the Marvel universe, and this is I will see this. I'll probably go to. I wasn't going to go to the theater initially, but. Uh, just oh, hearing dude. yourself yeah, and um, definitely. a couple other guys yeah, mentioned on Twitter. And they actually said, see it in 3D. So I'm glad that you gave the 3D such a good review there. Yeah, yeah, it was um, really cool. But it, uh, this is like a, this was a big chance for Marvel to do a movie like this because he is so different from all of the other superheroes that they have done that have, they've been successful with. Yeah. And uh, it's good to hear that it's still as good. You know what I mean? That they're not just uh, carbon copy, you know. Captain America, Iron Man, repeating themselves. It's we're gonna do something different. We're gonna, and it's still a quality product that makes me happy. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. So definitely go see it. <laughs> um, that's all that I was kind of up to the last couple weeks. Um, Pam, what about yourself? Uh, well, I also played Parappa the Rapper for the Cartridge Club Game of the Month. As I said, I've only beaten it on easy so far because I can't even get past the first level on normal difficulty. Uh, maybe I'll go back to it at some point and try to figure it out. Uh, I've also been replaying Heavy Rain, 
uh, and that's the game of the month over at RF Generation. And I've played this before when it came out. It's uh, one of the David Cage games, so it's super cinematic and quick time event heavy, which I like. I actually really like quick time events. Uh, and I'm really enjoying going back through it. It's actually one of the only games that uses motion control where I don't hate it because I'm generally very anti-motion control. But it's been it's been fun going back through it. And then I finished a game I started a long time ago called Enslaved Odyssey to the West. Uh, it's on Xbox 360, and you play a guy who's called Monkey, who's played by Andy Serkis, which is really weird, because every time I think of Andy Serkis, I just think of Gollum. But this guy is like <laughs> yes. this big, muscle-bound, gruff-voiced guy, so it's very, it's very strange. Uh, but at the beginning of the game, you're on this slaver ship, and because you've been captured, uh, it's sort of like post-apocalyptic game and you and this girl trip are the only people who make it off this ship before it crashes uh and then trip who's kind of an asshole puts one of the slavers like headbands on you so that she can control you and make you take her home hmm. so you basically do that and sometimes they're you know you like work together she's really good with mechanical stuff so she can like put up decoys for you because everything you're fighting is a mech so you fight mechs, you do some sort of uh, uncharted Tomb Raider style uh, platforming and climbing through ruins and things. But it's generally good, although I got kind of frustrated by the end because I find games like that or even Ico where you have to sort of like drag a chick around with you and she's always like, help me, I can't get up here. And you have to like help her climb things and it's like, can you not just find a rope or something? <laughs> So <laughs> it was it was generally fun, although I got a little bit frustrated with it by the end. Then everything I've watched lately has been pretty dark. Um, I watched... <laughs> you have the list like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I watched two movies, and they're both by the same director, Ben Wheatley. The first one's called Kill List, which follows a guy who is a contract killer... And he had sort of taken a break from it because of something bad that happened at his last his last job that never really gets into it. And so he takes a new job with his partner and things sort of get really weird. It's one of those movies where right after it ended, I was like immediately on Google, like, what the fuck just happened? It was it was decent, though. And then the other one I watched was High Rise. Has anyone else seen either of those? No. No. The only thing I've seen from High Rise is like Tom Hiddleston's butt. Yes, there is a <laughs> there is a fair bit of Tom Hiddleston's butt. Well, then I should see it. <laughs> it's about this apartment building that's made sort of self-sufficient, like it's got a grocery store and a school for children and everything. So people get so wrapped up in what's going on in the building that they kind of forget about the outside world. Uh, and then at some point things start going wrong, they start losing electricity, they start running out of food, and everything kind of descends into chaos, and the different floors sort of fighting against each other, and the top floor people are like the super rich people who are like throwing parties and things, and then the bottom floor is the more like working people, so it gets into like 
class warfare and this weird dystopic thing. It was weird. Like, it was very disturbing to watch, even though the acting and the, like, the cinematography and stuff was really good. That was a book, too, right? Pirates? Yeah. Yep. I think it'd be easier to read as a book than it was to watch. Maybe. I've heard that the book is better hmm. than the movie. So basically, I just took away the message that people are shitty and rich people are extra shitty. So, <laughs> uh, And then the last thing I watched was the season three of Black Mirror, which um, was really good, I thought. Uh, there were six episodes ranging in topics from all kind of things. The first episode was this reality where social media sort of run amok and everyone rates every interaction they have with anyone and what you can do and how you're treated is directly related to the rating that you have. So there's a lot of kind of cool episodes. There's one about virtual reality. Uh, There was actually one episode in this that had a happy ending, which was a little (laughs) different for Black Mirror. But it was generally pretty pretty enjoyable i liked most of the episodes in the season cool yeah i don't think i've seen any of that oh no the uh the new season's on netflix and then i think one episode from a previous season uh season two i think yeah because i was looking yeah like to start from season one but i couldn't find it on netflix i was gonna say I, i saw season one and that first episode is like that really gets you and the second episode i think the first two episodes are like at the end of them, you just feel almost empty. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the third, I think the third one is when the the husband passes away. Mm-hmm. I think that's the third one, and that so that one was a little d- different. But uh, I, I'm almost excited. I haven't got to season two yet, so I'm excited to hear that season three has some happy endings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's one happy ending, and one is like, well, this is kind of happy, depending on how you think of it. But yeah, yeah. I, I found that actually the second episode of season one was my probably my favorite episode of uh, of the first couple seasons. But yeah, it gets it gets really dark. <laughs> yeah, and in that second episode, it's like I'm watching. I'm like, I feel like I'm wa- like as you're watching it, you're like, oh my god, I I feel like that's my life. <laughs> <laughs> like how how did they get a camera in here? Because that's. I I am I, worried that our future might very much reflect the, the future that they lived in there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what makes the show so good and so scary. Uh, what's his name? Charlie Booker, I think is his name, who creates the show. He's got a very good sort of sci-fi mind, especially since it's, like, not that far out of reality. All right, so... That's it for what we've all been doing, which brings us to our main topic, which is Mass Effect. Yes. If you don't know, I don't know how you could not know about Mass Effect if you listen to the show, but <laughs> <laughs> Mass Effect is a video game by BioWare. Uh, it was originally a trilogy, and the new game, Mass Effect Andromeda, will be coming out in 2017. It was recently N7 Day, and they released the trailer for the new game. So we thought it was a good time to talk about it. I guess we can start out with just what has been our experience with Mass Effect so far. Did you sort of jump on the Mass Effect train right away? Or, uh, you know, any sort of experience with the original trilogy you want to share? 
so I didn't play Mass Effect 1. Uh, I had a PS3. I never had an Xbox 360. And initially, you could only get Mass Effect 1 on that and, I believe, PC. Mm-hmm. So I waited uh, and waited patiently and waited. And then Mass Effect 2 got released on the PS3. And it, with it came a digital uh, comic of the first game. So I put it in. I was like, all right, let's see what, what this is. Because I, I had enjoyed Dragon Age uh, Origins. So I was like, well, let me try this out and see if this is any good. Bioware seems to do good stuff. I like Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, so I know they can do space opera. And mm-hmm. from the page one of the digital comic uh, up into the end scene of the credits rolling, it was a nonstop thrill ride. I loved every second of it. Um, I initially played through as the, I do make the joke that there's only one shepherd, but I initially played through <laughs> as the male shepherd. Uh, and then on my subsequent playthroughs, I was like, all right, let me try female shepherd out. And as soon as I started this, her, I was just like, it, the, the difference between those voice actors. Now, I don't want to say that the guy who does male shepherd did a bad job, but um, Jennifer Hale does such an amazing job that everything else is pales in comparison. So I, I really, really enjoyed Mass Effect 2. And I, I at the end of it, I was just so hyped for the third one. I couldn't wait. Yeah, I had sort of a similar experience, but I ended up playing what it, uh, I played uh, Mass Effect 2 first. So I saw, I think my brother maybe playing it on Xbox and he was like, oh yeah, you can, you can play as a, as a woman in this too. You just like pick it at the beginning and I was like all right so that's cool um and then um I had like no idea what I was getting into because like the only kind of uh like console game that I had played kind of before that by myself because like I was super under the water uh kind of like drowning in World of Warcraft at the time so I had played like Tomb Raider before that and so I was like well if I can play uh, like a female protagonist, that'd be cool. Um, and I'll try out this like space game. And then I was like totally, completely hooked. And I played it like again and again and again. <laughs> I think I played it like at least, at least like four, four or five like replays. Um, and then I went back and I played Mass Effect One, which was extremely painful to play after playing Mass Effect Two. Mm, yeah. But I was glad to get like the background information. Uh, on like who all the characters were and like how all the choices mattered because once I played Mass Effect 1 I was like oh that's where this character's from or I don't remember seeing this character and then it's like oh okay that's why I didn't see this character and then 3 I think actually came out not too long I don't feel like I waited too long to play 3 and then yeah I've, I've played that one like more times than I can count too so yeah I just like there's something about it. I just love it so much. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I I had a 360 when it first came out, so I played through the first one. Uh, I was really drawn to it. I find that Shepard is just one of the best characters in video games, which I really like because a lot of the time in RPGs, uh, it's sort of that make your own character thing. So I like that you have options with how Shepard reacts to things, yet. Even though no matter what way you play her, like she's a character, like she has a personality and she can something you can really sort of hook on to there. Uh, I played the Jennifer Hale Shepherd first and I remembered going back thinking, oh, you know, I'll see what this guy Shepherd is like. And I put it on. And I was like, oh, 
no, 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 no. So I had to restart again. Oh, oh, he's cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we got a ton of questions when we announced this episode, which is why I didn't make much of an outline for this show. So let's maybe dive right into the questions uh, on the original trilogy before we get to Andromeda. So the first one comes from CollectorCast, who says, Every time I play, I always choose the same romance partners, even though I say I won't. How about you? <laughs> um, it's... No, I would say definitely not. Um, my my initial playthrough first, uh, I, I, uh, I romanced uh, Mass Effect 2. I'll start with that. I played 3 as well a few times. Uh, a 2 is really, I find, is the, is the, the best uh, entry in the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my first romance partner was Jack, and it was a, it, I was torn between Jack and uh, Tally Zora Vast Normandy because they're two opposite sides of, of the same coin. It seems like Tally is very sweet and sensitive and caring, and Jack is like I'm going to punch you in the throat, and then you're going to make me supper. And, <laughs> and uh, I just I love both of them, and they're both their personalities are so great. So Jack was my first one. Um, had I played through again as Mel Shepard, I would have gone with. Tally, I believe, just to see what that opens up. Just because I feel like she would, she would like make me feel safe, and I'd be happy at the end of it. Whereas my relationship with Jack really just made me, I, I, it left me feeling like uh, I was, uh, I was her slave. <laughs> <laughs> Riley, I let's see. The first time that I played, since I played two, I think I, I romanced Garrus first, mm-hmm. and then. I think I ended up only romancing him every time in in two. That that's not an uncommon answer. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people that I talk to, it's like I wish my real husband was Garrus. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I thought, I was like, oh, maybe I'll I'll try romancing Thane, and then I just I couldn't do it. Then when I went back to Mass Effect One, I didn't realize that Garrus wasn't a romance option. So I was like, okay, fine, and so I just went with Caden, um, and then Caden gives you so much shit in Mass Effect 2 that I was like, all right, fine. So then I romanced Garrus again, and then <laughs> in the third one, I romanced Garrus, and then I was like, well, I'll see like, kind of what Caden's route is, and then I, so I romanced him, and then, like, my problem with Caden is that he gives you, like, so much shit in Mass Effect 2 about, like, how you're leaving. And then in Mass Effect 3, there's no way, like, there's no option to kind of tell him how much of a dick he was. Hmm. You kind of just, like, gloss over it. Um, so, like, that's my one beef with with that romance route. Um, but otherwise, like, I like both of them kind of... Like, Garrus is obviously number one, but then, like, Caden is, like, right under there, too. Because, like, he's, like, this nerdy... Canadian dude in space, so I was like, he's he's perfect. Plus, I love his voice. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but then I haven't. Yeah. I think I romanced Liara maybe once, and I tr- or I tried to in Mass Effect One. But she's like, she seems like super young, so I got really uncomfortable with like how aggressive Femship flirting with her was. I was like, I can't do yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, Femship's aggressive flirting made me uncomfortable in a lot of ways. Like, once I th- I was going to romance Jacob, and she was just, like, 
overly aggressive. And I was like, Jesus, can you take it down a notch? So I didn't end up romancing him because it just like what I said to him every time just kind of creeped me out. But I, the first time I played through, I romanced Caden. And then the second game, even though he was a jerk, (laughs) I waited. Like I didn't romance anything else, anyone else and Mm. got back with him in the third game. So, but generally I try to switch it up. Like I did romance Liara in a later game on another playthrough. I tried Garrus, although Garrus is also like, I don't know. He's my bro who I want to go have beer with and I don't even like beer. But uh, I, yeah, I don't want him to be my boyfriend. I just want to go shoot things and hang out, I guess. Mm. So just related to that, Aerolade had a question about whether Garrus was the, a great boyfriend or the greatest boyfriend. So I think I know your <laughs> your take on that. Greatest Riley. boyfriend. <laughs> I'll, uh, it's such a glowing re- review. I'll uh, I'll back up with the uh, the greatest boyfriend. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so the next question comes from Musty Hobbit. Uh, taking a characteristic or trait from as many party characters as possible. In excluding Shepard, assemble the perfect being. Bonus points if you can avoid selecting the obvious ones. I was like, is this like perfect romance being or like perfect being fifth element perfect being? I, th- I think he means like fifth element perfect yeah. being. Okay. I believe so. Musty's not a very romantic kind of guy, so I'm pretty sure that's, <laughs> that's what he's asking. <laughs> All right. Um, I would have to say uh, Kasumi's loyalty because... Uh, if anybody who didn't play the DLC for two, she was uh, a DLC character. And she's like an interstellar thief. Um, and her partner passes away and she's trying to break into this super rich guy's host to get back this box that just has uh, his last messages to her and his memories, their memories together. So she wants that back. So I would say her loyalty, um, Jack's intensity, because Jack is intense mm-hmm. in everything she does. And her biotic abilities too is, are crazy. They're off the, off the wall. Um, and, uh, I'd say Tally's sensitivity and Garrus's overall, like, uh, his, his personality, because I think Garrus has the best outlook on things. That would be my, my choices. I gotta, I'm skipping Miranda because she is genetically engineered to be perfect, (laughs) but she's kind of a bitch. So, yeah, that's what I would do. Those are good ones. Yeah. I would put in Morant's willpower. Um, I like that. I'm trying to think of who. I think I agree with Garrus's general sort of demeanor. I'd really like to get Legion in there too, because like he's just so willing to like his his willingness to to sacrifice himself in three. Uh, I like I I I'm a grown man, and I almost wept. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he's like, if I do this, then I'm gonna save so many lives, or you know, air quotations because they're Geth, but. And it's just it was it was a moving moment for me. So uh, Legion's yeah ability to sacrifice himself. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if I have stuff to add on. Like that was a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of time thinking about what people I would cut apart and put together to make a better person. <laughs> okay, so the next question is also from Musty Hobbit, who asks, "Is there any redeeming quality for Ashley?" <sighs> Hashtag space racist. Oh, Ashley. I have been, so I I don't know if I'm going to have an answer for this, but uh, I've been, I have a save file that is with her in Mass Effect 3 because I've heard she kind of like calms down a little bit in Mass Effect 3, but I haven't seen it 
if she eventually is not as like super xenophobic and, and racist, then then sure, uh, maybe. But I don't know because I haven't seen it personally, so I will always choose <laughs> Caden over her in the beginning. Yeah, that's how I feel. She's basically always dead in my playthroughs, so I'm not sure if there's redeeming qualities. She's one of those, like, sneaky kind of racists where you're like, oh, she's cute. She seems like a nice girl. And then it's like, oh, you just had something really terrible. <laughs> so, yeah, she's, I don't know. I haven't given her any chance for redemption in any of my playthroughs. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I, uh, so never having never played one the dig, in the digital comic, I choose to save because uh, it comes down to a choice between saving her or saving Caden. I save Caden every time just because I saved him the first time and I have loyalty issues, so now I save him every time. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's so I've never I've never really had anything any experience with Ashley other than what I've saw in those comics. Um, knowing that she's a space racist makes me not want to save her even more. Yeah, she's uh, like super against having. Uh, like aliens on the Normandy in the beginning, so like when you bring on Rex and then like and then Garrus and I think especially Rex because uh, that's what their their ultimate confrontation is between Ashley and Rex, uh, where she can actually like shoot him and kill him. It's like no, you just stand over there, hold on to this bomb, please, <laughs> and then I'll see you in like never. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I chose to let her die then. <laughs> uh, okay, so the next question is actually from you, Sean, before oh. you were going to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the best question. Of course. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the question is, can you name any performance in a video game that is on par with Jennifer Hale as Shepard? Hashtag one Shep to rule them all. Hmm. I didn't think I would have to answer my own question. Uh-huh. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I didn't put any thought into it. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the games that I've played with voice acting that strike you as much as as anything in Mass Effect. Mm. One that comes close is uh, I can't remember his name. It's Frederick something from Lost Odyssey, the guy that plays uh, the main character. Whose name is completely skipping me right now? It's like Kaim, Kaim yeah, Aragorn or Argana. Yeah. yeah, his his job was amazing. He did a really good job. Um, so I don't know if it's as good as Jennifer Hale, but it was decent. Kaim Ar- Arganar, and I really got to find that guy's name because it's going to drive me nuts. <laughs> Uh, for me, the first thing that came to mind was Laura Bailey as the boss in Saints Row Three and Four. Mm. I always just feel when I choose her voice because you get uh, options for multiple voices and that uh, she always just feels so like kick-ass and uh, it's not quite the same as Shepard because in Shepard you're like being a hero and saving the galaxy and in Saints Row you're just running a gang and running around with a dildo bat but <laughs> but I really like her voice that's, in that. that's almost the same thing that's, I mean, they're very close I mean I'm sure that Shepard would swing around a dildo bat if she could so. I guess so. <laughs> I think actually the the guy that voices the sword in Transistor. Oh yeah, that's a like a really it's like it's a like a subtle kind of performance. Um, but like the emotion that comes across from him to Red is like 
so good. So, yeah, I would say. He's the narrator in Bastion, too, right? Oh, I don't know. I have never played Bastion. Bastion's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard very good things about Bastion. That's that's on my list. The list is too long now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. And then... Workshop has another one, which is, did you like the multiplayer in Mass Effect 3? Do you want there to be some type of multiplayer in Andromeda? I did like the multiplayer. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with you 100%. I really, it was, I don't normally like multiplayer. I felt that it was so well done and they weaved it so into the story so well that I really enjoyed it. It was a great experience for me, the, the third, the multiplayer in Mass Effect 3. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Plus, like, you get to play all the different races, like, that you never get to play because you always yeah. play a human so it was really cool like playing um the krogans and playing like the super biotic asari that was really cool and then getting to play with a bunch of different different races was really neat so yeah i liked it a lot yeah it was i i like i and i spent hours and hours on it because i had to max out my global defense yeah. whatever it was called <laughs> like i had to have the max i was like i'm getting the best ending for this fucking trilogy i don't care what happens i'm getting it um so i i put a lot of hours into it and i really enjoyed it it was it was a lot of fun yeah even the um what is it the inquisition multiplayer was actually pretty good too uh the dragon i haven't played stuff. inquisition yet oh i've been waiting I, I was waiting for a ps4 obviously i don't have one yet so now i'm waiting to buy a ps4 pro mm. and i'm on the fence about grabbing inquisition for the xbox one or not i don't know if it's as good uh, i have hang-ups about graphical quality yeah. <laughs> i played it on xbox one but i don't have hang-ups about graphical quality so <laughs> Yeah, so and he asks, I guess, as well, do you want there to be some multiplayer in Andromeda? Mm-hmm. I would I would love for there to be multiplayer as long as it lines up with the story. So like I said, Mass Effect three, it made sense yeah. having it in there the way they did. Don't shoehorn it in for the sake of shoehorning it in. Like I don't need to to have it just, just because oh everything has to have multiplayer. But if it fits with the story, I think it would be a good addition. Yeah, that's kind of what they did with Inquisition, where it doesn't I don't think it affects the story at all. From what I can remember. Yeah, I would agree. Agree with you there. Like, as long as there's still some kind of, like, story running throughout where it connects with the game, then then I'm fine with that. I'm sort of on the other side of that. Uh, I did like the multiplayer in Mass Effect 3, although I didn't try it out for a long time after it released. So by the time I was playing, there wasn't a lot of other people playing. But I didn't like that my readiness had to do with multiplayer. I'm not sure exactly how much of an effect it had on Mm. my game, but I didn't like that I felt like I needed to do multiplayer to play the single-player game, so I'd rather it just be kept as a a separate thing. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, there's people that play play Mass Effect, that play it, like, and they stick it on, and this is not a problem at all. They put it on, like, the easiest mode ever, and you just go through it for the story, pretty much. Um, who want nothing to do with having to play against other people uh, to get the story. Um, so, yeah, I can. I guess I can see both sides. It's tough. Yeah, it would be nice if there was, like, an option. There's the, like, for those that, that don't want to do any online, you can still get the best ending or still max out the ending without doing that part of it. Yeah. I think, I'm trying to remember now because it's been a while since I played it, but there was two factors. There was the, the multiplayer score, and then there was a score based on i want to say how many i don't think it was missions there was something in game you had to do as well it's like and those two scores or something yeah like yeah exactly yeah 
Yeah, and those combined together to uh, to give your total score. So the multiplayer was only a part of it, but mm-hmm. I would be if I had not enjoyed the multiplayer or if I or if I um, didn't like that aspect of it, I could definitely see myself being pissed that it was like I can't get the best ending <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. because because I'm not doing multiplayer. Like, come on, what what are you doing here? Yeah, and it also I think there was decay with it as well. With the multiplayer yes, readiness yeah. rating. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you not only had to play a little, you had to keep playing. Yep. Yeah, that's right. You couldn't just max it all out day one and then move on. Like, you had to keep going back to it. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next question comes from the Doc Web. Uh, he asks who our favorite non-romanceable characters are and if there's anyone you wish had been a romance option who wasn't. Hmm. I'm trying to think of who's not romanceable at all. <laughs> there's, like, they all kind of, like, Everyone I can think about at first, I was like, nope, that's a romance. No, it's a romance. <laughs> but it's like, to me, it's not a romance because I never romanced them. So mm-hmm. it's like, they're my bud, though. Um, yeah. I like Anderson, but I don't wish that he would be a romance option. So, like, he's one of my favorite NPCs that is not romanceable. Oh, yeah. I forgot about non-crew members. Yeah. Um I really really like Legion and uh Morden Solus. Those two are both really good characters. I don't think you can um romance Morden. No, no. No. He's the he's the the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um and cuz I, I mentioned Kasumi earlier. I really liked her as well. And I'm glad that she's not a romanceable character. So I, I don't want because one of the reasons I like about her is that she is so um heartbroken over the loss of her of her uh I can't remember if it's her husband or her boyfriend, but um, those two. And there's a, a crew, a, a temporary squad member named Wilson. I'm partial to him, but that's just because it's my last name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like Morden. I also like Dr. Chaklis. Oh, yes. Uh, mm. She's a good character. As far as wishing had been a romance option, a lot of the time it's just because I only play Shepard as a woman, so sometimes people weren't. Mm. available like i wanted to romance miranda and i couldn't even though she's terrible she's nice (laughs) to look at so um uh other than that you you wanted the trophy romance i did i did (laughs) other than that actually the the big one was james vega who was not a romance in mass effect 3 and it was just like just hardcore flirting all the time and then when you like actually like hey i'm actually serious about it. he's just like whoa and just backs right off uh they did make it an actual romance in the citadel dlc but it was terrible and i have to pretend that didn't actually happen God, like that makes me so uncomfortable that they added it the way that they did yeah it's Oof. like punishment <laughs> not like punishment yeah it's like here you wanted this here it is but it's like ugh, so yeah. like ugh. It's really yeah, predatory, it, and it's it's not good. No. You flirt with him, he's just like, uh, you know, you're my commander, not really comfortable with this, and you just sort of keep badgering him, and it's it's gross. So. <laughs> yeah. No I way. love it. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Uh, is there anyone you wanted to romance, Riley? I think there's already so many options anyway. <laughs> Actually, I would have liked to romance Tally without having to play... Uh, dude, Shep. Hmm. Tally is Tally's just the sweetest character. Like she's she's so fantastic. She she should be a romance option for everybody 
And it should also be an option to just keep her safe and always keep her with you. I, I love Tally. Just <laughs> protect her forever. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. When you like, when you go to her trial and they're like, they're 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 done with her. Like she's 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 getting uh, exiled. And you're like, listen, I'm gonna stand up for her and. I don't care if you guys don't want her in your fucking country. She can come live in my country and live on my ship and be part of my crew. And that's how it is. Yeah, That's such a great, what a great mission. They live on their <laughs> ships, but yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah, Tally's, uh, Tally's a great answer. All right. And the last question about the original trilogy is from a Latino lawyer. He asks, how do you feel about there being no canon to the Mass Effect 3 ending? Does it detract or enhance the quality? I thought that there was a canon ending that the devs have said. Is like their ending. Oh, have they said that? I thought so, yeah. I sort of ignore official canon. Like, <laughs> my ending is the official canon ending. I, I'm under the impression yeah, that, I like, agree. Shepard is dead to to the devs. But isn't she um, dead in all the endings? Well, I guess one. No. Technically, no. No. There's, there's, no. there's uh, if you had the highest global defense rating uh, and you chose to destroy the reapers Mm -hmm. uh at the end of it ship you can see uh ship breathing yeah and uh, like but so it's because there's a theory um i don't know if you guys want to get into the 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 indoctrination theory or not yeah go for it but i'm do i yeah about to so stop me (laughs) um yeah, so there's a theory that uh, the end of Mass Effect 3, and if you haven't played through the series, this might not make so much sense to you, and I'm sorry, but you're listening to a Mass Effect show, why haven't you played the series? Um, <laughs> Pause it, so, play it, we'll be here when you get back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so there's a theory that Shep is actually being indoctrinated. So the Reapers uh, attempted to indoctrinate Saris in um, the first one, mm-hmm. and it didn't work out. No, Saren, sorry, Saren. Um, and, and the first one, it didn't work out. So uh, in the th- end of the third one, as the Reapers are getting close, specifically, uh, one of the last things you hear Anderson say is Harbinger is near. And um, everybody on Earth, I think it's London, runs down uh, this big street and, and to, to fight this Reaper that's on the ground. There's explosions and lasers everywhere. And then everything goes white. And Shepard's on um, the Citadel to uh, to activate the, um, oh, what's it called? The cataclysm thing. It's a... The catalyst? Catalyst. That's it. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly it. So there's a theory that everything from that point forward, when he wakes up, is actually the Reapers trying to indoctrinate him and get him to agree to help them. Mm. Uh, One of the options that you get is uh, control the Reapers. And so this little uh, ghost kid appears, and it's taken from Shep's memory on Earth Earlier in that game, he saw this kid. The kid got in a shuttle. The shuttle took off. The shuttle died. So what the theory says is that the Reapers reached into Shep's memories because this kid has been sort of haunting him throughout the whole game. They pulled that image out to make it uh, make him more open or more susceptible to uh, their sort of mo- the brainwashing or mind control. And that uh, when they say that you can control the Reapers, what you're actually doing is uh, helping them to win. And if you watch the the end movie after you select that option, they're all very similar. But in that one, the ghost kid stays there longer and he almost smiles. Mm. Uh, when you choose to destroy the Reapers, he vanishes as soon as you make the selection. Uh, he vanishes because that's the, the Reapers realizing, okay, you know what? It didn't work. Uh, Indoctrination didn't work. And then he destroys them. And then when you actually see uh, – or she destroys them, sorry. When you actually see the uh, – the, the ending, uh, the destruction, um, it's 
Shep's on the ground. He's surrounded by uh, rubble and like buildings. And it's not, there's no like glistening white metal from the Citadel. And there's no signs of being in space. Obviously, uh, if somebody falls from space through the atmosphere, they're going to burn up. They're going to die. There wouldn't be anything left. But uh, but you still see her breathe. And when she's on the Citadel, she's out there and there's no, like, there's no protective dome or anything. And there's no face mask. So it's like, how could she be there not breathing air? And so anyway, that's the theory is that the ending is actually the Reapers trying to indoctrinate Shepard to make themselves win. Because when you select what looks like the good ending, the Paragon ending, is when you try and control them. And that's when the Reapers end up winning. But if you select to destroy them, which looks like the renegade renegade ending. Yeah. Then it it, like the only way to get the actual true Paragon ending is to select the renegade answer. I I don't know if that's true, but I like that better than choose which color lasers to destroy them with. Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea so much. (laughs) Yeah. Like. I don't know. I mean, like, there's a part of me that's like, nah, there's no way that Shepard could ever be indoctrinated. But, like, you're around Reaper tech and, like, influenced by, like, how much you've been close to them for so long. Like, since since the first game, you know, it's kind of been in the background, kind of, uh, like, seething there in the back. And it's like, it's, I don't know, I love the idea of it because it's like, that's like new kind of breaking free from it at the end. And... Yeah, it's just like the whole like thinking about it like gets me like real fired up. <laughs> yeah, and because it's it's five years from the start of Mass Effect One to the end of Three, five years of being around Reapers and being like just having them having yourself immersed in their like you said technology and everything about them, something would bleed in there. And I I like to think that the end outcome of uh, not just humanity but galactic. Uh, life is an internal struggle for one person. Yeah, but yeah, I uh, to kind of like flip back to the <laughs> to the question a bit. I I kind of I like I like that they haven't really like come out and said this is the exact ending because then it kind of like it makes it like a little more personal. Like it's it's your Shep, it's your story. So however you want the game to end is kind of how how it did end, and then. Like I'm assuming that no matter what ending you pick, uh, it won't it won't have any bearing on it uh, on the Andromeda. So I think it's okay. I don't. I think that having a non-specific ending is probably the best. I think they would that like people would have been upset if their choice wasn't you know the true the one true ending. It's hard with a game with so many choices and branches to say that there is an ending, but. I think I think you just nailed yeah. it right there. It's and uh, I think Pam said it earlier as well. Your ending is the canon ending because that's the way this entire franchise was designed. Mm-hmm. It would be bullshit for them to say you've just dumped 150 hours into this series where we tell you the story's up to you, but you didn't get this ending, so you played it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like there would be such yeah. an uproar, like more than there was when when the ending itself. Uh, came around, I think, so. Yeah, I hope that in the new one, you know, maybe there's some reference to this hero named Shepard, but I don't want to, like, anything that would insinuate, yeah. you know, the true <laughs> ending of the, tr- of the trilogy. <laughs> I want to, so, like, what endings did you guys pick? Or did you play through and, like, pick all of them? 
to see what happens because I did. <laughs> I uh, I went with destroy first and synthesize the second time because mm. I wanted to see what would happen with synthesize. And uh, I actually kind of wish I had gone with synthesize first because the idea of being combined with uh, robotic life really appeals to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I picked synthesize. And then the second time I played, I wanted to pick something different, but I um, just didn't realize I had to turn my character to go pick another oh. ending. So I just went right right back into the same <laughs> oh, one. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, so uh, sad. it's hard, though, because if you choose to not synthesize, like if you choose destroy over synth, like if you destroy them, you're not just destroying the Reapers, you're destroying all robotic life. So yeah. the Geth, who Legion just sacrificed himself for, who I was really, you know, I'm like, you're like, oh man, I have to make the decision where either I merge all of these life forms into something new or I destroy this enemy, but I'm also going to destroy my friends. And mm-hmm. what it boiled down to for me was Legion was willing to sacrifice himself to save everybody so his spirit is in the Geth. What would he want me to do? And I thought he would want me to mm. to destroy it. And it also meant destroying Edie. And she was so yeah. cool. And means Joker's going to be sad. And Joker's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The first time that I played the end, I I was like too emotional to even like consider the options. So I just went towards the blue light because I was like, Paragon... That's what I've been playing the whole time, so I'm just going to do that. And, like, Shepard puts her hands on, like, the little controller things, and then she just kind of fades away and gets, like, uh, like disintegrated almost into, like, the Reaper consciousness, and I, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is not the ending that I wanted, and I was, like, I was, like, sobbing in front of my computer at, like, 2 in the morning, um, <laughs> like, so upset. And, like, I, sp- I think I spent, like, the day in bed because I was so mad. And <laughs> I went back and I played it and I picked the destroy option. I don't think I ever picked synthesis. Um, but I picked the destroy option. I was like, yeah, that feels better. Um, and then I saw that clip of, of her breathing at the end. And I was like, yeah! <laughs> like, I don't even know. I didn't have, like, any idea of, like, the indoctrination theory. Like, none of that. I was just like, yes. Like, that's the ending that I wanted. But the first time that I picked the control, the blue ending, I I couldn't, ugh. It was just so awful and emotional. And I was like, this is horrible. I hate you, Bioware. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, like, I agree. Uh, the ending is, like, it's, because it's sort of like I'm at the end of this long journey and, Oh man, I agree. I 100 percent by the like agree with the emotions because I I I stood there and I stared at the screen and um, she's my fiance now, but we had only been dating for like a week or so when this happened. And I'm standing there in my living room and I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And she's like, What do you mean? I'm like, I gotta pick what to do here. And I, I was I, I laid out the choices and she was like, Just pick one. I'm like, What do you mean, just pick just one? Pick. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't just pick one. Like I started listening down like. What about all these people? What about all these people? What about this? And I'm going to destroy all the Mass Effect relays and everybody's going to be stuck here on Earth. The Krogans cannot, uh, they can't live here in Earth's, Earth's atmosphere. What am I going to, they're all just going to be fucked. They're going to stay on the ships. Like, I got, this is a big decision. And she was like, you're a psychopath. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I was definitely, mo- and then after I picked it, uh, I was just like, did I do the right thing? Yeah. 
I can't imagine ever being in charge of anything important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's an emotional game, and the you you play three games through, and you make all these choices, and you build these relationships with these yeah, yeah they're characters in a video game, but you build these relationships with them, and you get attachments, and you get to the end, and not only are you saying goodbye to them because the story is done, unless you play it again, mm-hmm. but you're also making that decision, and you feel I, I I definitely felt it, and it sounds like you felt it as well. That impact of I'm about to change their lives and then turn them off and play Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> and be upset in a whole different way. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Most of my Mass Effect feelings uh, sort of came out during the goodbye portion in that final <laughs> yeah. mission in London. That That's where like I got all my feelings out. By the time I got to the end, I was sort of a little bit past it. It wasn't too much of a hard decision for me, but like saying goodbye to every single <laughs> party member that was an emotional husk at the end (laughs) (laughs) all right so that wraps it up for the original trilogy questions so now we will go on to andromeda it's coming out do they do we have a date or is it just q1 2017 yeah like spring 2017 however i'm not counting on that so i would say sometime yeah year Hopefully sooner rather than later. So the first question comes from Devoted Pupa, who asks, what's the worst case scenario for Andromeda and the best case scenario, and what do you think will actually happen? Like game-wise? Mm-hmm. Like story or gameplay or... Worst case scenario, it uh, it is Star Trek Beyond, <laughs> and you're on your ship and it crashes on a planet and the rest of the game is on that planet. Because oh. uh, one of the draws for me is the traveling to different worlds and i'm terrified that because one of the lines in the in the trailer is well now we're the aliens and you actually see the hyperion i think it is crash Mm. and uh i'm terrified that to change things up and make it different from mass effect that you're going to do this whole thing on one planet so i really hope that doesn't happen that's my worst case scenario yeah i don't think that will happen but that is a like a very real fear now for me. So thanks. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I um, I I hope like I hope that there's okay. So like worst case for me is that we end up doing like colonization and like wiping out quote unquote like enemy alien populations that are already there. Like I really hope it's not uh like some kind of weird um. Like, let's colonize this new galaxy and, you know, uh, and like have like super uh, gross undertones. I hope it's not like that at all. Best case is that there's still like all that space exploration. There's still the diplomatic stuff that you have to do to like, you know, gather people together. I don't like I have no idea what there would be to fight in the Andromeda galaxy. So I don't know. But like, maybe there's some big threat. Certainly looks like there is. Um so, you know, like, gather people together and then, uh, like, have some big, like, ending uh, cool thing. Like, the, the game that I hope it's most like is Mass Effect 2 because I think mm-hmm. that that's, like, the perfect uh, Mass Effect game. So I hope it's most like that. Um, what do I think will actually happen? Gosh, I have no idea. I honestly, I don't feel like I can answer that because I'm not, I'm not sure. I just hope I'm not, like, super disappointed. 
<laughs> There's been so much hype for Andromeda for so long, so I'm like, please, please let it be good. My uh, worst case scenario would be open world, oh, like just maps no. that are too big. Like, like don't don't do an Inquisition no. on it. Don't give me like random collection stuff. I I want it to sort of keep that same sort of sense of scale as as like two or three had. Uh, so, you know, lots of different planets to explore, but you just pick on a menu what planet you want to go to. You don't have to go and actually fly or walk around oh, everything. Oh, but I like the flying around in space. Was there? We, like, guide the ship on the map. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, because you would, you would fly to the galaxy, sort of auto-fly there. Yeah. And then once you got in the galaxy, you had to have enough fuel mm-hmm. to go. Well, there was fuel in that, right? Yeah. Go planet to planet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you saying like you hope it's not like No Man's no Sky Man's type Sky, Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, me neither. Jesus. Yeah. I don't <laughs> no, I really hope. I really hope it does suck. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope it is terrible, and none of the things they hyped it for are going to be in the game. Oh boy. <laughs> God, that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, best case scenario, sort of the same as you, Riley. Like uh, Mass Effect Two. Like I think they've already said there. W- will be loyalty missions for your companions mm-hmm. so I'm happy to hear that I'd really like to see a bunch of new stuff like I don't want all the same alien species and companion species um, yeah. I want to see new aliens on my team and uh, as enemies so mm-hmm. uh, so the next question is from SOE Zufi and she asks our feelings on the Andromeda trailer what were we happiest to see and what were we least happy to see I was, like, really excited to see the trailer, and then, um, like, kind of after watching it, I was like, hmm. So, like, I liked it, and I was I was glad that we got a trailer, but, it, like, the, like, epicness that I felt from, like, the previous year's uh, trailer, but, like, it was voiced over by Jennifer Hale, so, of course, but, like, mm-hmm. that was, like, you know, big, inspiring, like big ideas and stuff and then we got to see i don't know i mean like okay so i liked it um (laughs) uh, (laughs) i don't don't want people to think i didn't like it i did like it i i was disappointed that we saw because okay so the protagonist in in andromeda is it's going to be one of the two twins it's brother and sister uh rider so we saw the brother rider we know kind of like his default look um and i think the sister rider was in it. Mm-hmm. She's like, was she? I didn't. I didn't I notice think, her. Yeah, I think she's the one. Like when they're kind of like holding each other during the big explosion in the background. I think that's her. Uh, okay, and but she was in the know. early, the earliest trailer, wasn't she? Yeah, 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 that was her in the first one. Um, and they've said they've said since that they that they're going to alternate which rider gets featured in each trailer. So, you know, if you're mad like me that she wasn't like the focus of everything, that's why. <laughs> I I was excited to see the same, like, kind of species. There was, like, a Solarian and a Krogan, I think. I don't know if there was stuff that I was least happy to see. Like, I, I don't know. I guess my biggest disappointment was that, like, we didn't see more of, of the sister Ryder. But that's a minor complaint because we've seen her before and she'll be in the next trailer for sure. But it's just, like, I want to know everything about them right now. Yeah. Um, I... I'm sort of in the same boat as you. Like, I, I'm glad we got a trailer. I enjoyed the trailer. But for me, it was just like, 
average. It was wonderfully average, mm. but it wasn't like it didn't leave me going, oh man, this is fantastic. Um, average is a good word. That was probably the word I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I liked I liked having you uh, trying to figure out. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, uh, I, I think it was an average trailer. It was, it was good. It was exciting. Uh, it didn't build my hype levels to, you know, unknown, unknown heights that I've never had before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, it did make me look forward to the game and just the, where it sort of reminded me of the Star Trek Beyond scenario where they go out to explore and then they crash and then they're on a planet with the one big mean alien. That's when I was just like, oh, they're going to make this whole game on that one planet. And I'm going to be so unhappy. You know, he's probably going to be like uh, a collector or something. And he collects other alien species and enslaves them. And you go and you have to help free them and convince them all to work with you and then topple him. And then you get to leave that planet. Ooh. And I really hope that's not what happens. Gosh. <laughs> I don't want that, that at sounds, all. <laughs> no, it sounds so boring and dull. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I enjoyed the trailer. Uh, I'm looking forward to the game, and I like. I, I'm okay that it didn't give away too much. You know what I mean? A lot of times nowadays, like you said, we want it that information immediately, and yeah. we want it now. But the game's not going to be out for six months. You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. need six months of pouring over these intricate details that I can just wait for the game for. Yeah, I feel about the same on the trailer. I think Mass Effect is one of those games that's so much about actually playing the game, like making those decisions, forging mm. those relationships with all of your crewmates, that the trailer is just like, it looked nice, it looked like it was going to be a fun game, but it was not you know, anything that made me more excited than I already was to play the new one. I do yeah. like the approach that it's going to be siblings. Um, I don't have any siblings myself, but I think that'll add sort of a cool new dynamic. I'm hoping that no matter who you play, your sibling will be in the game, like maybe even part of your party. That's, as opposed to just yeah, like... That's what I've heard. As opposed to just they dying. They won't be a party member, but they'll be they'll be around. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, Like, if they... Can, you can't kill off yeah. <laughs> one of the twins, okay? You yeah. just can't. <laughs> don't you dare. Uh, oh, man, how horrible would that be? Terrible! Like, you... <laughs> You get on, you get on the on the arc. You launch off to the Andromeda system. Something horrible goes wrong. You crash on a planet that's clearly not the Andromeda system because you're not going to make it to where you're supposed to go. <laughs> and then you wake up and your sibling is dead. No. <laughs> and that's how the game starts. Uh, no, my Bioware, please, please don't do that. Don't do that. Give me some interaction. One of my favorite parts of Dragon Quest, uh, Dragon Quest, <laughs> of uh, Dragon Age Two, was the interaction with the siblings mm-hmm. and how um, you, your sibling could either, uh, if if you if you had the brother. He would go off and he could potentially join the uh, is it the Templars. Yeah, he joins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the the sister gets taken in. If you have her around, she gets taken in uh, because she's a magic user, and they 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 put her in uh, in the tower there. Yeah, That's, and I enjoyed that because it was they're still part of the adventure. You know what I mean? They're still a character here, so mm-hmm. I hope it's more like that. Yeah, they're gonna kill them. Yeah, I think if if anything, they're gonna let you get attached and then kill him. God. Oh, you're right. You're so right. (laughs) Uh, So the next question is from the Doc Web. Are you hoping to see the same alien species in Andromeda as companions, or are you hoping you'll be joined by some new sentient species in the new galaxy? Um, Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I I think we know that we're definitely going to still be seeing Solarians and Krogan. Because I'm under the impression, yeah, I'm under the impression there's going to be like three arc ships, and then 
there's going to be, like, humans are on one. Another, like, couple other species are on, like, each one. So we're still going with, like, the same complement of species that we had from, like, the original story. Um, and then I would say that we're definitely going to see new sentient species. Like, I don't see why they wouldn't. How we that. won't. Yeah, like, there wouldn't, yeah, exactly. there wouldn't be the same. Like, because obviously humans haven't yeah. been there, so there won't be, will be new to them but like yeah there's gonna be like a whole other there's gonna be like tons of i'm hoping that there's like a bunch of different like weird looking weird looking dudes mm-hmm. the whole game is just like the most likely cantina yes <laughs> <laughs> that'd be fantastic what a great soundtrack this has <laughs> um i i do want to see these other species from the 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 original trilogy but I don't want them to be carbon copies of those characters that I love. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't need them to be. I don't need uh, a Turian who sounds and acts just like Garrus. I don't need that. Like, give me new people with their own personalities, their own quirks of those same species. Do please don't try and don't try and duplicate what I had with those people. That's not gonna. That'll make me angry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think they've they've they released or Game Informer had an article on the first two like, party members um, that they wanted to talk about. One, like, we have an Asari in our party who she's been in, like, the other cinematics and stuff, and then there's a human who's also been in it, but he's, like, they haven't showed what he looks like yet, so he's still in the, like, the white, um, the white and blue Andromeda initiative uniform, but Mm. we don't know what he looks like yet, so we know for sure that there are a human and an Asari, so I'm hoping that there's, like, a bunch of different more different guys. And when I say guys, I mean, like, people, like, just in general. <laughs> All right, next question comes from Tatiana Wright, who asks, how many aliens do you think I can bang in Mass Effect Andromeda? <laughs> All of them. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, yeah. I also hope that you can romance more than one person. Like real life. Like real life, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh... Do you hope it's like the Fallout system where you can like you know, romance any of them, but they don't comment on it? Or no, no. Um, I'm trying to think of what. Are you like hoping for an actual like polyamorous relationship? Because that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, like something like that, or you can just like lose interest in one and go on to another or something. But oh, uh, I see. Not like you want to have like a breakup option. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. That dynamic would be interesting. I. Uh, I think that would be cool. I mean, I don't want to like Fallout because I never managed to romance anyone in Fallout, so oh. I don't want it to be that <laughs> difficult. <laughs> I romanced everyone in Fallout, <laughs> but I would like you know a lot of romance options, and uh, I don't want to have to play the game a whole new time just to see more than one of them. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, the Doc Web asks, "How great would an Elcor party member be?" <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm gonna steal his answer. So great. <laughs> I'm gonna go the opposite way and say it'd be terrible. Uh. <laughs> uh, I feel like they'd just be so slow, and talking to them is like a chore. That's true. I'm not that fast anyway, though. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm wow. not sure how uh, what an Elcor would bring to combat. Uh, oh, nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Maybe you could have one like on yeah. your ship, like 
as a companion or an advisor or something. They yeah. would have to be like the person in charge of communications. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we could would... see the Elcor. Uh, what was it? Macbeth? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Hamlet or something, wasn't <laughs> Hamlet? it? Hamlet? Oh, Hamlet, yeah. Yes. Yeah, we could. <laughs> it could like play as a radio show or something. <laughs> uh, so, on the topic of other aliens, uh, Brendan Sparks says Hanar, Elcor, and Volus were almost comic relief for the Mass Effect series. As non-council seat holding races, are they part of AI? And I assume that's Andromeda Initiative. Yeah, it would yeah. have to be. Hmm, that's an interesting thing. Uh... I think. Like you mentioned, there'll be three arcs. They'll be on one of the arcs. I do believe you will see some of them. Yeah, I can't imagine them, like, I can't imagine any of those species being like, no, we don't want to go on, like, an explorer yeah. and get our, like, get our foothold in the new galaxy. Like, I don't, I feel like, especially the Hanar, I think, would do, would go. Mm-hmm. Plus, like, you're going to need some levity yeah. on those ships, so... <laughs> I really, I do think we will see the full cast of aliens from the original trilogy showing up as as visitors with us in this, because that would be cool too. Because then you'd have to, because you'd have to be able to get the new aliens to work together and get them to work with the old aliens, and at the same time get everybody to work with you. Mm-hmm. Man, it's going to be a lot of work on that one planet. <laughs> Stop saying that. <laughs> Um, so just on the Andromeda Initiative topic, uh, have you both signed up for the site? Have you oh, yeah. seen anything cool there? I watched the one video. I'm not sure if more has gone up since then. Um, no, there's still just the one. Yeah. Um, and then you can like uh, click through and see background on like the Pathfinders. The writer's father, yeah. he's still part of N7. He's like the Pathfinder for the human ship. For the oh, okay. Nexus, I think. Yeah. And you can go scroll through the timeline. and mm-hmm. It's cool. I wish it was a real thing. Like uh, <laughs> background backgrounds and stuff. Um, which, yeah. like, I always find it weird um, that, like, stuff like that doesn't get communicated. And, like, like, I guess this is still, like, official Bioware content and stuff. It just feels weird that it's, like, you have to sign up and be able to see it that way but then like if you sign up and you link your microsoft or origin account or whatever you like i guess you're gonna get like we're gonna get a a gun in the game or something i think it's a helmet a pathfinder helmet. helmet that'd be cool too i like the idea that the game is starting before the game is out yeah does that make sense yeah like we're getting andromeda initiative official notices like thanks for joining we're going soon. Exactly. Because if we were on Earth right now, we'd be we'd be like, okay, cool. Shepard and those guys just uh, sacrificed themselves and saved us off from the Reapers because it takes place at the end of Mass Effect 2, but before Mass Effect 3. You'd be like, I'm getting ready for this mission. Well, let me get some info on how to drive these vehicles. Let me get some info on this. And you would you would be getting that information fed to you. And then you'd be like, okay, now I'm leaving on my arc and going into hypersleep for 600 years. Mm-hmm. And then everything happens back on Earth. But you don't know any about that. Like, Yeah. So that's cool. I, I like when they do extra stuff like this outside of the game. Um, I, I like that it's not mandatory, that like you're not going to miss out on any major things because of it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, There's no DLC tied to it, um, but I do like when they do extra stuff like this. So the last question comes from the Doc Web again. 
Do you think we'll ever have the option for a non-human player character in Mass Effect, other than in multiplayer? Um, I don't think so. I agree with you. I do not think so. Yeah, I also agree. I think this is very much uh, humans finding their place in the universe story. So I think, I think we'll always be human. Yeah. Plus, uh, unless they, I have like completely fleshed out like how, uh, like for example, if we got to play a Turian, like how giving us the option to play something other than a human means, uh, like a bunch of different roots and like branches for them to take into account because not everybody thinks equally between all of the council races so yeah it would have to be such a a massive undertaking for that exact reason because it's like if you can only be human well then there's only really a couple options but as soon as you have to give you give characters the option of five different races or three different races they're essentially making three different games yeah yeah and then it just becomes so big and, like, so unwieldy, like, that it doesn't seem like, uh, yeah. I think they, like, focus on one and, like, what what they're, like, really good at and make it the best that it can be instead of, you know, trying to give us the extra options. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd rather have that finely, tu- finely tuned game that they put everything into that they had than have sort of a sprawling mass that isn't as good that lets me be different things, you know? Yeah. If you want to be a Sari, just... Go paint yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, Dragon Age Origins and Inquisition let you pick your race. Do you think that Mass Effect would be a whole lot harder than those? Yeah, Mm. I do. Um, Because there's there's more... I I, I haven't played Inquisition, um, admittedly, but I find there's more political maneuvering in the Mass Effect series than there was in Dragon Age. Dragon Age wasn't based so much on your race, so much as your your place. Oof, I found you need to play Inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe I'll go get it today. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, I would agree with you up until Inquisition for sure, because uh, there's a lot of like politicking that ends up happening. Well, now I gotta go get it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> a word of advice: leave the hinterlands. Not long after you okay. get there. <laughs> yeah, don't stay too long. <laughs> You'll get tired and burnt out. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that was all the questions we have. Does anyone want to add anything else about Mass Effect or the new Andromeda game before we wrap it up? I, I don't have anything else to say. I, I, it's a great series. I really hope Andromeda carries that on. And uh, I'm looking forward to playing it. Yeah. I um, I feel like, like we could do a whole other, like, four or five shows just talking about like <laughs> each specific game because um, there's so much to say yeah. and like there's so much that we didn't get to say even so yeah. I mean for me Mass Effect it'll always have a special place in my heart as like you know one of the first major trilogies where you can play as a woman for the entire like three games um, and then like the the woman Shepard is like she for me, and from what I've seen, she is the more popular Shepherd. Like, for a lot of people say that uh, Femship is the one that they picked, and that's, like, their Shepherd. So I I really appreciate it as, as that, uh, like, kind of representation uh, that is really important to me. Um, and 
Uh, just the story in it is phenomenal. And there, if you're not interested in playing it, but you're interested in seeing like cutscenes and, and the story, there are people on YouTube that have like clipped each game into like a three hour movie. Um, so you can watch like the cutscenes and the dialogue options. You don't even have to play it if you don't want to. Um, but I would say that it's definitely worth your while to like flip it on easy play. <laughs> Mass Effect 1 is really difficult to play even on easy, I find. So. Uh, even if you don't want to play one, playing Mass Effect 2 for sure I would recommend. Because um, it's kind of its own little encapsulated game in itself. And I just like, the more people that I can introduce to Mass Effect, the better. Because like it's such a phenomenal series. And yeah, and I just hope Andromeda is as good as I'm hoping it to be. Because I, I'm so ready for a new Mass Effect game. I can't wait to get back into that uh, into that franchise. So... All right. Uh, so I guess that wraps up the Mass Effect talk. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Yes, I had a, I had a lot of fun, guys. Thanks uh, Thanks very much for asking. I uh, was really worried I wasn't going to have anybody to talk to about Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs> we're always here. <laughs> yeah, we're always up for Mass Effect talk. Uh, do you want to tell people where they can find you and Cartridge Club? Yeah, definitely. Um you can get uh, all these stuff for the Cartridge Club uh, at www.cartridgeclub.org. Uh, and it's not just – there's the club uh, podcast there, but there's also all, uh, loads of other podcast videos and blogs from all the people in the, in the community or a lot of the people in the community. And uh, I definitely recommend checking that out if you like places to go on the internet where people don't suck. Oh, but if you suck, don't, don't go, please. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No jerks allowed. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Riley, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at K-A-L-E-R-I with an underscore and also on Forge uh, for streaming. So that's forge.gg slash K-A-L-E-R-I with an underscore. And you can find me on Twitter at Josila underscore or on YouTube at Cannot Be Tamed. If you have any feedback, questions, people, or topics you'd like to hear on future episodes of the show, you can reach out at mediamavenscast at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at underscore mediamavens. And as always, I'm going to ask if you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen because it will help more people find us. Uh, Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.